Dr. Eustace Appelstadt, good evening, sir. Specialist surgeon, breast, thyroid, and soft tissue surgical oncology. Good evening, uh, listeners. Good evening, Sengeso. Thank you very much for having me on the show. Breast cancer, cancer at large, depression, a serious crisis for many people, and it often is a silent battle for many. Yes, uh, this is so. Um, it's breast cancer and depression interact in many ways. And uh, in the main, there are two ways that these two diseases interact. Number one, uh, with the diagnosis of breast cancer, you're being diagnosed with a life-threatening disease, and this leads to a reactive depression. This is uh, a that is at its most intense about uh, a day or two after the diagnosis has been revealed to you, but it returns and leads to an, uh, periods of intense depression within the next six months. This is a natural reaction and we don't uh, intervene here uh, unless the patient can't cope and then we actively support the patient. The second problem is the physical mutilation that often goes with the breast cancer and that is a mastectomy and there this is where we surgeons can uh, be very effective in as much as fast now it has become a major uh, aim to restore the woman to a normal female outward appearance either through breast conserving techniques or through uh, oncoplastic techniques where we actually uh, integrate the uh, removal of the tumor into a plastic surgical procedure, such as a breast lift. And lastly, through immediate breast reconstruction, it is my contention and my goal that every woman in South Africa that has a mastectomy plan should have in the same session a reconstruction. Lastly, there are therapy effects for example, through chemotherapy, through uh, hormonal treatment that lead to fatigue and exhaustion, and with it comes also quite often depression, but this is reversible and treatable, and this is a minor uh, issue in my opinion. You say minor, but for many it probably isn't that way because it is contingent on so many things, finances, just sheer mental strength support of loved ones and the timing at which one is told of this life-threatening discovery in their body that the cancer cells have now mutated and are starting to do damage to the body. That, in my view, I would imagine is a serious engagement that medical practitioners themselves have to always bear in mind when they break the news. And outside following the clinical aspect in the traditional sense, they also have to be counselors and friends and in many respects those people who really are the difference between how the patient receives the news for the good for the bad. Uh, this is indeed so, and I completely agree with you. However, in a uh, super specialist unit like uh, ours, we are very well versed in the psychological effects, and that already starts with the screening for breast cancer, which has its own psychology attached to it. Mm. And we can... Um, or we have our antenna out to detect signs of depression in the women and support them appropriately. 
um, we will have to uh, employ counselors because uh, it cannot be expected from a surgeon like me or a uh, medical oncologist to sit with a patient and go through um, the issues in the family within the partnership and so forth and so forth. But in a specialized clinics like our own, we have counselors for this purpose that get in the families, that get in the children, that talk to the patients, and that has proved uh, to be of great help. I uh, wish to reiterate here, it mm-hmm. is uh, never... Uh, is uh, sufficient to uh, treat the patient merely to treat the cancer. No, we must actually, uh, now that we have conquered the quantity of life issues, meaning the survival of the patient, that we actually actively work to restore the patient to a normal physical being and to restore the quality of life. And this is now the third phase of breast cancer, which I'm talking about, the normal quality of life and obviously the psychological effects of cancer, number one, the effects of treatment, number two, and the purely uh, physical aspects of cancer, meaning the changed uh, body physique, need to be taken into into consideration and need to be optimized. What is of value, particularly in what you're talking about in the value chain of care as it pertains to the treatment of breast cancer, for many people, physical appearance, they attach a lot of identity to it and their mental strength in many respects comes from that. Do you wish to spend some time, please, Dr. Eustace Affelstad, talking about the value of the outward appearance for women in particular with breast cancer? Um, thank you very much for playing me this ball. Uh, this is indeed so. Um, traditionally, the picture of a woman with a um, uh, breast cancer after treatment is a woman with a mastectomy with a scar obliquely on the chest wall, and she's diminished in her value. And uh, she's depressed, and she is uh, she's given up on life. And this is what we want to change, and we have changed it very successfully. Just to give you an idea of the history, we introduced uh, in the 1970s already and 1980s, we introduced breast conserving therapy. Then in the uh, 1990s, um, there came uh, breast reconstruction. And in the early 2000s, it was established that uh, breast reconstruction immediately with mastectomy with the appropriate technique meaning little um, areola skin sparing mastectomy where the entire outer contour of the breast is being preserved and for the good reconstruction of own tissue or prosthesis, you can really see no difference between uh, a woman who's had a mastectomy and the one who hasn't had a mastectomy, save for a few small scars. This is where we are at today. And this, to us, is the goal. And this is what women in South Africa should uh, actually fight for. I'm fully aware that this type of advanced techniques that we are practicing is not accessible to everybody. And unfortunately and very tragically, uh, in my opinion, for many women in South Africa, it's 
still so that um, breast cancer for them means due to lack of resources, breast is off, scar is there, and nothing else is there. And it's very well known that such women, even 10 years after surgery and with a good survival outlook, still half of them to two-thirds of them do have depression and feel diminished and feel insecure in public and so further and so forth. This is dismal. We must change that. And I suppose to change that effectively, these are just not health questions in the minute that remains. These are social questions. These are interventions outside the medical space because it does speak to ultimately the inequality in this country. And because of that inequality, so the transactional draws or the transactional takeaways from the state and the private role players there if you are below a particular line, you don't get that transactional value. And if you are above it, you do. And so if you like, breast cancer then becomes a differentiator in terms of how one can respond to it. This is indeed so. And women need to stand up for their rights and fight that these resources, because uh, breast reconstruction, for example, is a very resource-intensive uh, type of treatment, that those resources should be made available to them. And we must think very carefully about uh, what we uh, devote our resources to, whether we want to do this or that, or whether we want to invest it into the well-being of our women. And I, for one, feel that an awful lot of resources should be devoted to the well-being of women. Yeah, we'll have to leave it there. Thank you so much for your time there, Doc. You guys are doing great work. You're more than welcome to return, as and when you will, to this platform to share some of the critical work you do, its interventions, and more importantly, the positive yields that are out there in society for having gone through your work and hands. Dr. Eustace Uffelstadt, specialist surgeon, breast, thyroid, and soft tissue surgical oncology. Thank you much for having me on the show. Excellent.